and good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. I'm excited about the show tonight. You know, every week, if you guys are on our website, rickdancer.com, if you sign up there, you get a newsletter every week and it tells you what shows are coming up. So I put this out this week and uh, I had more comments about this story than anything else that I had on the agenda. Um, <clears throat> because I think most of us know um, kind of there's holy ground when you're talking to veterans uh, in America. And this is a program that's helping veterans. And I heard about it because a friend of mine started working there. And uh, so really excited about that. And uh, so I, I was at his house for dinner and I said, he says, I said, well, what do they do? And he says like two sentences. And I said, okay, I need to know, I need numbers because I'm gonna do a show on them. And he's like, what? I said, well, I don't care what, you, what your job is. I just, I, I wanna do this story. And I think this is a great show. So we're gonna talk with them and they are in Helena. And um, you're gonna enjoy this. Our sponsors today are Montana Oral Surgeons and Implant Center right there in Helena. Uh, they're very much into community, taking care of our community and also taking care of your oral health needs. Uh, a lot of people don't, you're not looking for an oral surgeon until you need one, but we figure if you get the message and you know these people are all about you and your community, uh, that you'll, you'll be attentive. And so that's what we're, they're one of our sponsors. Also, I'm going to show you, this is Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, Greg Hinkle, his lending team. They're out of Helena also, but they can do loans and work in mortgages in Oregon, Washington, and in Montana. And Greg's number is 406-439-5626. If you need help, he can help you out with that. He believes in freedom of speech. He believes in having conversations that no one else wants to have. And hey, that's what we do. So he's one of our sponsors. Also, BS Free MD. Yes, that's BS as in, you know, Free MD. Two doctors, Tim and May out of Oregon. Uh, they do a show every week on uh, medical things, all kinds of different issues. They come on our show so that you will know about them so you can go find them. They got a little message for us coming up a little bit later as well. And I think that's it. Oh, and Chris Dental Family Dentistry out of Eugene, Oregon. They also do dentures now. Uh, Chris Dental Family Dentistry is our biggest sponsor. They sponsor every show we do because Dr. Bratlin believes that you have the right to hear all kinds of information. And that's what he's here for. All right. So that's the topic. Now, I got a bunch of people to bring on here. So you got to be patient with me. Oh, and I forgot Bill London's here tonight from KPNW with some national news, some um, Oregon news that's going to make you think, yes, you really do live in crazy land. <laughs> That's what I love. When Bill does his newscast, I walk away and I go, oh, thank God I don't live there anymore. But that's beside the point. So let's bring on our guests. And I'm just going to pop everybody on here at once. And Aaron, I didn't get to meet you ahead of time, but I see you popped in. I hope you're just not some guy that found my way on the scream yard and you're really <laughs> supposed to be here. I don't know. He could be an axe murderer. We don't know. So your guys' yours and Rodney's mics are off. If you guys want to flip those on because you tattled on you a little bit. There, Aaron, we got you. Aaron, I can hear you. Good, good, good. Okay. So let's start with Karen. Tell people what this program is and kind of the basics of what you guys do. Awesome. Well, the Adaptive Performance Center is a nonprofit fitness center. We are located in Billings. We are in Billings right now. We're located in Billings and Helena, Montana. Our mission is to eliminate the veteran suicide rate through the use of physical fitness and recreating community for our veterans and active service members. 
that's a big charge. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's huge. So Mitch, when did this, when did you two take this on? Oh man. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're the partners in crime. Is that kind of why? We are the partners in crime. Um, we started, what was it? 2017. Probably we opened in 2020. And then we opened in 2020, uh, two weeks before COVID. So, and so how does exercise, I mean, I know because I'm an exerciser, but exercise and mental health, how do those two go hand in hand? Well, it's my motto is work your body, work your mind. And both of them go hand in hand that way. And when you combine physical fitness and mental health, you create a recipe for absolute success. I was a licensed therapist. I had been in private practice for 17 years. And when I changed careers, I saw people make more changes in their life in four or five personal training sessions than they did 10 years on my couch. And so it really was, it really was the perfect thing to put together and recreating that community for veterans. Is that so now, Aaron, are you also a veteran? I am. Okay. So Aaron, Rodney and Kathy are all veterans. Rodney is now also a trainer. So obviously you like this so much. You started seeing the value of doing this for other people. Tell me what this was for you, Rodney. I, I did. And, and that's a really a great segue is uh, I actually work with the trainers here and not uh, in Billings, but um, my role here with the team is, uh, is a peer mentor. So as a fellow veteran myself uh, and former Marine, it's an awesome opportunity for me to interact with those um, different members and individuals really at an individual level. We have the trainers, Karen and Mitch and our veteran service advocates and our occupational therapists. For me, it's really just that one-on-one -on -one and two-on-one -on -one and multiple interactions with the team. Some of our community coordination, uh, soliciting support, um, but really it's just being that kind of one-off person that bounces around being able to interact with each one of the team members. Um, and I've only been with the group here for uh, about uh, about two months, Rick. Um, transitioned from private industry myself. I was in the military and got out in uh, off of active duty in 2000. So for me, it's a little bit unique because we've got a lot of folks transitioning into, you know, or out of the military um, and working through all the issues and, and, and challenges that they have associated with that. Me coming through on the other side of it is I'm transitioning myself, retiring from my professional career and kind of coming back into this. And it's been the sense of accomplishment and reward that you get from every one of our members and our staff every day is, is just truly breathtaking. I, I go home and I get to explain, you know, what I do and what I do and with the team members to my wife and to my family. And it's, it's the only place where you can have the highest of highs and lowest of lows all in the same day. But even those lowest of lows are good things because it's an interaction with a member, a team member, somebody else in the community that's recognized what we've done. And, and that low may be a point in their life it is the building block for where we're getting to moving forward. And, and it's been unbelievably uh, rewarding. So, so Kathy, how did this help you? What were you, what were you dealing with? Okay. So I moved to Billings three years ago and I obviously very overweight and in pretty bad shape physically. And I went to see a new doctor at the VA and she said, you need to go to this gym. And I said, I've never been to a gym in my life. I'm not going to this gym. <laughs> And she said, either you go or I'm taking you. And I've been coming here for a little over two years. So what's the battle going on in your head with the um, that I'm <laughs> that I'm too old for this, that I'm a female, 
um, that I have lots of health issues and I just kind of gave up on getting any better. Do you think there's a lot of people that are in that category of what you said that you're overweight, that are overweight and they're, does, does shame keep them from going to the gym and, and stepping out and doing something like this? Absolutely. And I have people that I come into contact with who say, why in the world would you want to go to that gym? And I say, not only does it help me physically, but these people have been a tremendous help for my mental health. How so? What is it? You tell, talk to me about that, Kathy. Well, if you don't feel very good about yourself, you don't do much. And I've made some very good friends here who don't care what I look like or whatever, but they're very accepting. And Mitch and Karen have been phenomenal to me personally in accepting me and um, helping me be a better person. Does that make you walk? Do you hold your head higher and you walk and go, you know, this is this is who I am. I, this is Kathy Broad. Absolutely. And I try to get my um, veteran. I live in a senior apartment building and I try to get other veterans in my building to come and they say, oh, I don't need that. Well, they do. They need it just like I did. But um, this has been a great, a great place for me to come. So, Aaron, tell me, tell me, dude, what's your story? What's going on with you? I've been living in Billings for about three years now as well. So got here about the same time, Kathy. But uh, <laughs> I started going to the APC back in November. And it's really um, I kind of heard about like golden retriever people, Rick. Uh, yeah, no, tell explain. It's people that have like the same energy as like a golden retriever. Like they're just excited to see you. Like they always are, are greeting you with like a smile on their face and that they're they're happy that you're there. And that's kind of what you get at the APC is, you know, these people that are happy to see you, like they make an effort to, to greet you and uh, they know your name, like they know your face and they're, they're happy that you're there to, to, you know, better your health and be with them. So why did you need that as, uh, a, as a veteran? I was just coming back from a pretty dark place. Like didn't really feel like I was, I was super connected, I guess, with like the community um, for like the first couple of years that I was here. And then that, was a, a huge like step for me with feeling like I had like people that I, I knew and like I was looking forward to seeing them because yeah you know, like I'm there every day just about in the morning and there's always somebody there and they're always happy to see you <laughs> so so I've never you know I, I've never served in the service or anything so how hard is that Aaron when you come back like you've been, you've been somewhere and had people that you were so tight that you'd kill each for each other, and then you come back and you are you you have no name. I mean, you're not nobody. You know what I mean? How hard is that? It definitely has its challenges. Like there's a like a sense of loss almost, where you know it's like these are people that you love. You spend all your time with them, and then they're suddenly not there. So. <laughs> You like you're missing something like a piece he's kind of kind of somewhere else and does so I, i'm guessing you go to the gym like i do i i do like to work out and i work out hard but um i'm there but people go why do you there three hours i said i gotta talk i'm talking to people i mean i got social time built into my schedule here it's like sit-ups push-ups you know chat with this guy that walks by does that make <laughs> you feel like you're more connected to the billings community and just like to keep your, because I'm, I'm guessing mental health is a big thing too. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, no doubt. 
So Rodney, when you came back, was it, did you have that same experience where you didn't fit in anymore? I mean, let's just face it, none of us really fit in, but there's this image that we're supposed to fit in and you come back from something you're like, it's kind of coming back. I would think it'd be like coming back from camp or a really big convention where you learn all this stuff and you come back in and you're excited about it and nobody else even knows where you're from or what you're doing. Absolutely, Rick. I have a, I have a friend that's, uh, I went to school with as a, as a young teenager and he's progressed his career into comedy all the way through and here we are 30 years later, but he has a quote that uh, he uses uh, quite often that I, I like to share and it, it's, uh, we're all damaged goods trying to be damaged greats. And, uh, you know, that kind of kind of sticks with me. But, you know, unless you've been in the military, law enforcement, a first responder, that sense of community or camaraderie or esprit de corps, whatever, whatever you would like to call it, is really, really hard to find in any industry, any community, anything. This is the type of place where you can walk in and still have that. As Aaron mentioned, is you know, familiar faces, uh, reconnecting with folks that, you know, different branches of service, maybe similar jobs, maybe similar experiences that we as veterans don't have that opportunity to have that outlet with our family and our friends. Uh, again, people that we're super close with, but don't have those life experiences as uh, service members to be able to reconnect to. And APC gives us that place to be able to do that here. I look at somebody, you know, my father and my father-in-law both served um, during the Vietnam era. And it's hard for me to, to look back at some of our members that we have now and some of our younger members and older members and try to envision and imagine how this, their service impacted their lives. And it's, it's amazing to me that I can have a conversation with a service member that maybe Korea, maybe Vietnam, they did two or three years in services, you know, an 18 or 19 year old young adult. And here they are 75, 80 years, uh, right. 80 years old now in that small window of their life is what they think about dream about talk about and share with their family and friends all the time and uh, of course with that there's good times and bad times and all the things that come with it but we're here to focus on that camaraderie is camaraderie esprit de corps and really bringing those people together in that veterans community the military is the most diverse environment that we have in, in the United States and to be able to bring people together of all walks of life, demographic, backgrounds, economics, anything and everything and come back to together and have a safe space and a safe place for us to have fun, grow together, commiserate sometimes, but uh, really be that support structure for each other. So Karen, you were a therapist, right? Yes. So how, how, how does that fit it? Because I mean, I'm sure you've seen veterans that have just, I mean, we see the suicide rate. And it's just, it's just, it makes you want to cry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you put together this program with Mitch. And so you got the exercise part, but you, you're doing, I'm going to guess that the, it, if there's a pie chart, there's a, a bigger section that has to do with community mental health and all that. It, it does. And the thing about the mental health component of APC is it's completely organic. And there's no, there's no real formal therapy that takes place unless somebody comes in and it, most of the members know that, that I'm a therapist. And so if they come in and say, I really need to talk to somebody, I'm having a really rough day, I absolutely we'll go sit in the office and talk, but it's nothing formal. And so everything that kind of takes place, like I said, is very organic and informal. I can have somebody walk in and you can see them with the head down and they just make a beeline for the gym. You greet them, but they don't interact with anybody and they just go start working out. 
you get to know over a period of time and you just kind of walk in the back room. You might be cleaning a piece of equipment. You walk by, hey, what's up? Hey, and they talk to you. And next thing you know, they might, hey, what, do you do? what are you doing? How's it going? And next thing you know, you've talked for an hour. And that, that they leave way different than how they came in. And, and we've had people who really, when they started here, wouldn't even make a sound when they walked in the door. They wouldn't even grunt at you when you greeted them by name. And you'd greet them, say hello, and when they left, say goodbye. A couple weeks go by, you've greeted them every day, and pretty soon they start talking to you, and then one day they smile. And it's the most amazing thing to sit and watch. We had... We had a gentleman, it absolutely cracked me up. He's really intense. Um, when he comes to do a workout, there's no messing around and you just don't get in his way. Well, I, I would greet him every day when he would come in and when he would leave. Well, I was taking one of the dogs outside to, to do her business and he comes out the front door and he's walking at me, <laughs> not toward me. He is walking at me. And he looks at me and he goes, ma'am. And I said, yes. He goes, what is your name? <laughs> and I tell him my name and he goes, thank you. He said, you greet me every day and I don't know huh. your name. <laughs> and now, I mean, two years, two and a half years later, he stands at the counter and we just sit and yakety yak all the time. So, but, so how much of the program, like, how does it work, Mitch, when people come in, do you have trainers? Um, you know, what is, what is Rodney? How, how does that kind of a part of the program works for people? We've so, got, we've got trainers on duty. Um, Rodney's our peer mentor, so he's a greeter, he's a mover, he's a shaker, of course. And but our trainers will always introduce themselves and meet the person that comes in the door, no matter what. And we want them to meet them by name, say hello, say good morning, whatever. And we want them to say goodbye to them. And during their workout, our trainers are out on the, the floor. They're going to help them out if they need help. Uh, if they don't, they'll just talk to them a little bit. Now, how is the program paid for? <laughs> we are a non-profit, Rick. You're yeah, hilarious. That means they make no money. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we bank borrow steal. So <laughs> we can. Uh, is the there a first, fee for the veterans or? Uh, so we, we, there's, yeah, it's, it's $19.95 a month, but nobody's turned away. And that includes everything. That's um, not a, that's not a fee. That's, that's like not a, a fee. No, <laughs> no, not really. But a lot of them said when we opened and we weren't charging, they said they would, they wouldn't join if we didn't, they didn't weren't charged something. Well, you have to have buy-in too. Right. When people are paying for something, exactly. I think you have, have more buy-in from them, you know? Yeah. So our community is extremely supportive and has supported APC since its inception. We have several wonderful corporations that have been granting sources. And then last fall, we got our first federal grant. And our federal wow. grant allowed us to hire trainers, an occupational therapist, veteran liaisons, and peer mentors in both locations. We, took, we put the entire grant into hiring staff. So how many people are in the Billings location and how many are in the Helena? Staff or members? Members. Uh, members in Billings is right at seven, like about 708 yeah. and Helena's what? 250. What? 
<laughs> Seriously? Lots oh my gosh. So do you like, do Karen and Mitch, you guys ever go like, and I guess Rodney, this would be for you too, but do you ever go home at night? Like you walk out the door and shut the door and everybody else talks about helping veterans and you're going, damn, I got a great gig. I mean, I'm saving, I'm saving people's lives. I mean, that's a, that's a thousand, that's a thousand Montanans. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That we were that we're able to work with and hopefully improve their lives. We have so the best Aaron, job ever. So Aaron, how did what's what's the biggest struggle you have without getting overly personal? That like when you know that that you're dealing with on a daily basis from your service. You know, I don't really feel like I've been struggling that much recently. Like I feel like things have been getting a lot a lot easier for me. Like, but um, it was but it was hard. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble just really feeling like I could connect with people. Like, um, it Was it like that before you served? A little bit, but it was different. Um, like I think I was just socially awkward before, but then after uh, the military, I got, I got like super socially awkward for a bit. <laughs> like, well, is that so, Kathy, is that for you? Was it stuff back from that or was it more your weight issue? Well, um, part of my struggle was the fact that I had been out of the service for so long. Um, I served during the Vietnam War, so I'd been out since the early 70s, and I'd been married, had kids, and moved on with my life until, and I used the veterans medical, but I never really felt like I connected with veterans at all until I came here. And there were days where Mitch or Karen or somebody would say, there's a guy up there who's 93 years old who just needs somebody to talk to. And I'm, I'm like, I'm your gal. Here I go. And I loved and that socialness of talking to other veterans. And there are several of us that served during Vietnam. And we sit down and talk together. And that, to me, was a connection I didn't have before. So are you proud of yourself? I, Yeah, I guess I would say I am. But I'm proud of what this gym has done for me. But, but you get up, up you, huh? but you get up every morning or whenever it is you go yeah. and you go there. That's the real battle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and people think I'm crazy, but yes, I do. Well, you probably are. <laughs> and there are some days when I, when I first started, there were days when I came in here that I didn't want somebody to say, hello, Kathy. <laughs> I just wanted to go back there and do my thing. And that was really hard for me. Well, but you know, one of them. Well, yeah, Mitch was one of them. <laughs> what's really fun about looking at all of you is um, there's, and I don't mean to get over any weird or anything, but there, that, there's a great peace in talking with all of you guys. You know what I mean? Like, um, you're doing it, and and there's just like a, I don't, I don't, I can't, def I can't define it, but. Whatever you're doing, I think it's the right thing. And I mean, I'm looking at Aaron and Rodney and Kathy and all you guys, Karen and Mitch, and it's like, what a great organization. How do people get involved? So I'm guessing Helen is newer than Billings. Helena opened February 1st this year. And you already have 200 and what? 250. <laughs> Helena didn't open when, with, with a pandemic two weeks later. <laughs> no. But but so how do people find out about you and um, where can they go 
to get more information. So people can go to our website, www.adaptiveperformancecenter.org. Uh, we have uh, our email is Adaptive Performance Center, all spelled out at Gmail. We are located in Helena and Billings, Montana. And so on our website, the addresses are there. They can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And you guys are open what days? We are open Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And Saturday for the summer, 8 to noon. But in the fall, we'll go back to 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. All right. Kathy, Rodney, Aaron, anything else you need to tell me? Well, all I can say from my standpoint is these two people have really um, made me a much better person. I hate to admit that, but Karen and Mitch have really helped me. I love you, Kat. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> I, I, I bet you've made a lot of other people really good people, too. I, what I like about your story, Kathy, too, is that you're, you're just, I think you're brave. You know, maybe some of that stuff you did in the service from the 70s came back and you said, okay, I'm done with this. I'm not going to let my weight keep me from going and enjoying my life. And I wish more people would do that because it's not about skinny mini or getting big biceps. It's about going in and getting healthy. And, right. and you've done it healthy mentally and healthy physically. And you two guys, it's just nice to see young men <laughs> connected in their community because man, there's a big issue with that right now in America. You know, there's 7 million men, 25 to 54, who are choosing not to work. And you guys are choosing to be part of life. And that is so important. And I hope people are inspired by you guys. I am. I think it's fun to, I, <laughs> I'd love to sit down and talk with you for an hour just to find out. Because as a guy who never served, it's like, I really honor people. And, and thank you all for your service. I mean, Absolutely. and thank you for and, support. And oh, you are welcome. And I hope that you, I know you are what Aaron Lewis sings about uh, when he <laughs> sings his song, Am I the Only One? Because you're not alone. And this is not the freedom you've been fighting for. That It's coming. And we, we appreciate everything you do. Likewise. Um, Mitch and Karen, you're awesome. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, no, I really like this. And um, We'll have to do this again when you guys okay. have something come up. If like if Love an it. issue if an issue comes up or something you're seeing a lot of veterans deal with, let's come on and we'll bring that out and okay. kind of help people. Because one thing I learned, and I'll just say this to, to my audience here too, um, one thing I learned from I don't remember who it was, but it was a veteran who said, you know, Rick, when you see a veteran, thank them for their service. If you see them wearing a hat that says Marine Corps, go up and ask them, did you serve? And thank them for their service. And I started doing that. Oh my God, do you want to see a light go on? I mean, it's like, I see there's a guy in a wheelchair and I, when I used to run in Oregon, there was a guy on the path and I saw his hat one day and I said, hey, when, when did you serve? And he says, oh, he gets all talkative and said, telling what he's did. And I said, thank you for your service. And he goes, thank you, Rick, for thanking me. I mean, that, if we're, you know, I, I know there's a whole 22 push-ups a day and all those little things, and that's great to bring awareness and stuff, but take it on yourself. I mean, you see someone, it's, it's not as easy with a, a women, but you see someone or you hear them talking and saying they served in a, in a war or they served in the service, then you, and the first few times it's kind of hard because you feel like a dork, you know, you're like, oh, thank you for your service. But then when you see that light come on in their face, you realize 
oh my gosh, I just spoke life into those people. And, and that's an awesome thing to do. And you guys are doing that every single day with those people, which is probably why you have over 700 members and Helena. <laughs> we'll get your membership up in Helena. I think we'll, work on that <laughs> we'll get you up. Oh, in yeah, Helena. we'll get there. And, and Aaron, you'll be working in there. So you're probably already helping people. You just don't know it yet. I'm doing my best. They do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you again. Um, I appreciate your time. And uh, it's just awesome having you on here. And I hope people get a lot out of this. Thanks, Rick. We thank really Rick. appreciate it. All right. See you guys later. Take care. Oh, man. So how is that, you guys? That was, now that is what, that's why we do what we do. Um, yeah. And seriously, when you do see a veteran or you hear someone talking, thank them because um, they're not getting the thanks that they need. One of the reasons we're doing this uh, show is because I found out for my friend and his wife just happens to work at our Montana Oral Surgeons. And here's why they do what they do, because they love the community. And this this doctor loves Montana. Well, I'm Jason Fleshman. I am one of the co-owners of Montana Oral Surgery. I'm an oral and maxillofacial surgeon, and I've been practicing for almost 25 years. I mean, this is a big country. And, and then the people who are here um, wouldn't want to be anywhere else, you know? They'll die for their state. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to live in a state where people are that passionate about where they live? I replaced teeth with dental implants. I removed cysts and tumors from patients' faces and jaws. Um, I perform oral and maxillofacial trauma surgery, fixing people's broken jaws, cheekbones, eye sockets. Perform office space, oral surgery, and anesthesia. I remove teeth. I replace teeth with dental implants. It's no joke. Yeah, you don't mess around. You don't put up with this harsh environment. This is like the last great place, personally. And, and you know, if you're not from Montana, you probably don't understand. Um, but if you're here, you know. Yeah, the last great place. <laughs> it really is. Um, Tim and May, our doctors with BS Free MD, uh, have a really special show that just went on the podcast today. Um, I think you've heard of this doctor before during the COVID uh, reaction time and all the hysteria. Uh, he was one of the doctors who stood up and said, well, uh, maybe we need to ask more questions. And the media just tore him apart. Well, they didn't kill him. And he's still around and he's going to be on their show. Here's Tim and May for just a quick little blurb on what they're doing. I like how you flipped your microphone back, just like you're flipping your hair back. It's like I'm flipping my non-existent hair. I don't, I mean, I don't have dancer hair. That would be, that's the next, that's the next level. Maybe if I grew out what I already have, like super long, I could dancerify it. All right. I'm sure he wants that in I his clip. Dancerify it. Move over. You're always out of the picture. All right, here we go, Rick. Three, two, one, penguins. <laughs> and we're back. I have to tell you, I have a cutback version of this, but this is too funny. And this is the one I didn't cut back, but they didn't say anything bad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna zip it forward a little bit and you'll hear the the, the what I'm looking for. But I love these two. They always give me the dancer land and my, you guys are my dancer fans. So hang on just a second. We're back and uh oh boy. I'm going to Other animals, oh my. How they're feeling, so they don't have to guess. And putting it in yes. a way that he...
And then today's episode. Here you go. Unbelievable. An absolute B-52 payload full of truth bombs with the unbelievably amazing. Megastar. Megastar. Peter McCullough. Unbelievable. A true warrior in a white coat. He has... He has liberated himself from the clutches of corporate medicine and is now 100% free to speak the truth. And oh my gosh, in this episode, does he ever speak the truth? Yeah, we ta- actually uh, tackle a whole bunch of issues. Mainly, it all comes down to what are we putting in our kids' bodies? What are we doing to probably maybe harm them more than help them with vaccines, uh, as well as hormone therapies now? So we go down that big uh yes topic we the like, uh controversial topic of transgenderism sexuality and kids what are we doing how is it harming like who would have ever thought that maybe cutting the absolutely perfectly healthy breasts off a 17 year old woman would be maybe a bad idea so you can catch that episode right now it's on spotify uh, they also do a program called doc tales with cocktails and that airs on wednesday night at six o'clock but it's always online obviously you can find them on Facebook, um, all their usual places. BS Free MD. If you just Google it, you'll find them. Um, also, like I said, on Spotify. But that that Peter McCullough, he's on tonight, so that one is already downloaded. And I'm sorry, I put I hit the wrong button. But you know, hey, it's life. I was excited about my story. So Bill London's going to come up right after this next half with Dr. Ratlin, and he will have your news for the day. So hang on. This guy's really good. Shannon is the best interest I've ever seen. He's, he was coming in on Fridays, and now he's coming on Fridays and Monday. But everybody that leaves uh, with him, uh, I, he always has me come. He goes, come here, because I'll come in on Fridays. He's like, and they look absolutely beautiful. They, uh, the patients, there's hardly any redos. Like, I, I wish, and I probably will advertise a lot just to get him some momentum, but he is so good. He, he's the best centrist I've ever met. Yeah, his his outcomes because you know you make a denture and they don't fit very well, they don't look very good. He's awesome. Not only does he you know take the impressions, he um, uh, there's a lot of art to taking impressions, but he's also he also makes the dentures. Um, he, he's a, he's fantastic. I love having him. He's made my life a lot easier because I don't have to worry about dentures anymore. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, co-host of The Wake Up Call, heard on this fine radio station, 6 AM to 9, Mondays through Fridays, and streaming at KPNW.com. News brought to you by Dr. Michael Bratland of Chris Dental, where they accept everybody. And yes, I'm wearing a hat. Why? Because otherwise you'll see my brains. Okay. Here's what's going on. Well, the U.S. government has been hit with a global hacking campaign that exploited a vulnerability in a widely used piece of governmental software. But they say, nothing to see here, folks. No significant impact. The nation's cyber watchdog agency, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, said a number of federal bodies had experienced intrusions following a discovery and a weakness in a commonly used file transfer software called MoveIt. 
That according to Eric Goldstein, the agency's executive assistant director for cybersecurity. Now, CISA didn't identify the agencies that were hit or say exactly how they'd been affected. CISA director Jen Easterly says the U.S. does not expect any significant impact from the breach. Move it was made by Progress Software Corporation, and it's typically used by organizations to transfer files between their partners or customers. And their shares have already fallen 4% because of it. For instance, it's used by financial institutions that require their customers to upload their data to apply for a loan. Oh, well, there's no significant impact there. The online extortion group CIOP, which has claimed credit for the Move It hack, has previously said it would not exploit any data from the government agencies. They say, if you're a government city or police service, do not worry. We erased all your data. Hopefully they don't mean that they really erased all of their data because that would be a significant impact. Now, is it a significant impact or not? Well, guess what the Oregon Department of Transportation says? Yeah, they were part of the hack. ODOT data includes personal information for, well, everyone who holds an Oregon ID or driver's license. And ODOT says it worked closely with state cybersecurity services and engaged in a third-party security specialist for analysis. And what did they find? ODOT confirmed the access data confirmed or had the personal information for approximately 3.5 million Oregonians. No significant impact. And while much of that information is somewhat available broadly, a lot of it is sensitive personal information. And according to ODOT, while we don't have the ability to identify any specific individual's data, and they say that individuals who have an active Oregon ID or driver's license just need to assume that all of their information related to that ID was part of the breach. And now they're telling people that they need to take precautionary measures to protect themselves from the misuse of the information, like constantly accessing and monitoring their personal credit reports. No significant impact. No significant impact. Well, Republicans have now returned to the Oregon Senate in Oregon, ending a six-week walkout that had brought work in the legislature, at least on the Senate side, to mostly a halt. Republicans claim that Democrats gave up major concessions, making some changes to a sex change abortion bill and gun control bills to get the Republicans back in the Capitol. Now, a version of House Bill 2002 that passed the House last month would have codified into law the rights of minors and those wanting sex change under the age of 15 to be able to get those without parental consent or notification. Under a compromise with the Republicans, the Democrats have now dropped that particular provision, but it does allow those under 15 to still get abortions and the like, 
if two medical providers determine that informing a parent would be harmful to a child, however harmful is defined. Democrats also agreed to scrap proposals in their sweeping gun control legislation that would have increased the age to purchase most guns from 18 to 21 and allow cities or counties to bar people licensed to carry concealed handguns from doing so in public buildings, on adjacent grounds, or parking lots next to adjacent grounds. A provision that would prohibit the sale and possession of ghost guns without a serial number remains in the bill. Democrats are also scrapping Senate Bill 348, Floyd Prozonsky's Let's Make Ballot Measure 114 Worse Measure. They say, well, that's gone. And Measure 114 right now, of course, is in the courts. Republicans touted several other key wins, saying Democrats had agreed to prioritize bills exempting small farming, ranching, and timber families from the Oregon estate tax and to give the House impeachment power of statewide elected officials and the Senate the power to try impeachments. And the thing is, Democrats also supported that. Democrats said the agreement would also allow them to hold a vote on House Bill 2757, which would provide funding for the 988 National Suicide Prevention Hotline. The protest by Republicans may have come at a cost, though. Nine Republicans and Independent Senator Brian Boquist have apparently disqualified themselves for re-election for boycotting the Senate chamber under a law that was approved by a majority of voters last year. However, Canope and others have already said they plan to legally challenge ballot measure 113, which disqualifies lawmakers receiving 10 unexcused absences from serving their next term. Democrats in the legislature are trying to create a new government program called Basic Health. It gives free insurance to people who were on Medicaid, but won't be because their income is too high. And in order to keep it free, how will it be paid for? It will tax people who are now paying for their own health insurance. The Lund Report, which is a group that analyzes health care policy, says the new program will raise health care premiums for thousands of Oregonians who were not on government insurance or covered through their employers, but instead buy directly from insurers or use the online insurance marketplace. A Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield executive wrote in a June 6th letter that under the proposal, you could expect to see marketplace premium impacts for families of $4,800 a year in extra added expenses to pay for other people's insurance. A bill to expand food stamp eligibility to, well, illegal aliens has failed to advance in the Oregon legislature. It was Senate Bill 610. It was co-sponsored by Senator Winsby Campos, Senator James Manning, and Senator Chris Gorsak, all three uh, Democrats. It did not make it to the floor of the Ways and Means Human Services Subcommittee by its last meeting of the session. So, Right now, it's dead, but advocates for the bill say that the efforts to pass this legislation would continue next session. Senate Bill 610 dubbed the food for all Oregonians. How can you be an Oregonian if you're not even legally in the country? It would have used state funds to give access to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program to those who don't meet federal citizenship requirements. 
Well, when Oregon legalized marijuana, the black market exploded in Oregon with cartels saturating the state. And now that psilocybin for therapeutic purposes has been legalized, guess what? A mansion bordering a Northeast Portland country club was busted last week. And what did officers find? Well, they found a dark room for growing shrooms, 23 firearms, tens of thousands of dollars in cash, and U.S. Postal Service shipping boxes filled with psilocybin, labeled to various locations outside of Oregon. The house also had 2,017 separate bags of psilocybin mushrooms and lab equipment. According to the probable cause affidavit, they allege that interstate psilocybin traffickers have now set up shop in Oregon. Who'd have thunk that would happen? No serious impacts. This look at the news brought to you by Chris Dental and Dr. Michael Bratland. And now it's time for Rick to roll out a nice, fresh, steaming platter of real. All right. Thanks, Bill. Um, this one editorial comment to end off of this. I worked in news for 20 some years, 25, 27, I don't know. And Oregon did so many things and still continues to do. And I know you think I'm bashing Oregon. I'm not bashing. If this is factual, you, you adopt laws and rules. Um, and when I was there, it was a we, but I didn't vote for them. But you, and then you wonder, how the hell did this happen? Oh, now there's psilocybin mushroom rings coming in. Huh. I mean, use your head. I mean, how do you not think this sort of stuff is going to happen? You know, when the governor pushes through driver's ID to vote and says every person who has to vote, who has, is driving, has to sign up to be part of a political party. And then they wonder why the non-affiliated voter party is bigger than the Democrats now. They screwed themselves is what they did. Um, you, you made everybody in the, they didn't want to be in your party. They didn't want to be in the Republican party either. So instead, what they did is just became a non-affiliated voter. And now they're the biggest voting block in Oregon. If only those people would actually become interested in voting, they could cream all the Democrats and the Republicans. But they probably won't. Come on, Oregon. Use your head. Come on. You, you, it can. It, it can work. You can have critical thinking skills, but I'm wondering sometimes. All right, that's it for this edition. <clears throat> um, maybe somebody in Oregon see what happens. And um, no, back here. That's right, Tom, you put it right. That's what I'm so tired of people, not you, but other people. You're not bashing Oregon, you're bashing the political power of Oregon that is destroying the state that I love. And if you don't see that, I, I saw a post today that I put something out there and people are going, oh, will you believe this and this, or our facts are right. Arrogance will nip you in the ass. And I hope it does. Because when you think you're not the one with the problem and everybody else has the problem, then you're, then you're crap. And I think that's a lot of the people that are right now in the progressive movement. They think their their arrogance has blinded them and it's going to take people showing it to them. Uh, so Facebook, pull me back, throttle my content. I don't care. I can't live like that anymore. I'm going to say what I want to say. If you don't like it, don't come back. Have a good weekend. Um, I'll be back on Monday, Tuesday with the show. And we got a whole bunch of cool stuff planned for next week. So we'll see you then. Have a good weekend. Keep your head up. Yeah, they don't win.